Hey guys, welcome back to Real Bearded News. I'm your host, Sean. And today I have some very, very special guests. You might know some. You may get to know some today. Just know they all have great opinions. Starting off, I have CJ, who is with Backseat Directors. Welcome, CJ. How are you doing today? Welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. The next person I have is from the formal review, also under uh, Backseat Directors. His name is also Andre. How's it going? <laughs> it's going all right. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> and then, if you just didn't figure it out, I also have my good friend, Andre, from Backseat Directors. How's it going, bro? It's good, man. We're going to have to figure out some uh, type of uh, way to distinguish us both since this is just audio. <laughs> I Andre and Andre, but uh, moving forward, um, yeah. I will call Andre from Formal <laughs> Formal, and you are That's just fine. Andre. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, thanks for having me, man. It's it's fun to get this group of guys together. I know, I know, all of you guys are pretty passionate about the topics we're going to be covering. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to today's discussion. Well, thanks for all of you for coming on and having this discussion, which. If you listeners remember, um, uh, what was it? A week ago, I think I dropped finally after many technical difficulties, finally dropped my Wonder Woman review, and I said it wasn't a horrible movie. I did, however, mention that there are significant differences between when DC does a live action versus when they do an animated one. So to start off, uh, CJ, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. Which one is? Okay your favorite animated DC movie? Wow. Uh, I w- honestly, I would probably have to say Son of Batman. Ooh, that's a good one. I did, yeah, I did like I'd that one. Son of Batman. All right. Formal, what is yours? So I think like uh, for me, kind of going old school a little bit, but Mask of the Phantasm I think is still one of the best, but I would say in the continuity of this uh i would say uh death of superman is probably my favorite sick sick good choice mask of phantasm i just got it um for christmas um it was given to me as a <clears throat> present christmas present with the batman animated series which is like my yep. favorite thing and it came in there so i was super stoked when i saw it and then andre what is your favorite animated dc movie all right, so I, I can't claim to have seen all the DC animated movies, and I know for sure I've not seen as many as formal. <laughs> but I have seen my share, and I I can tell you the only one that I have gone back and watched multiple times is is Flashpoint Paradox. That oh. movie, I think, is uh, cinematic movie quality, um, a really great story, really great movie. And, um, and yeah, I, I have yet to read the comic and so I don't know how it compares to the comic, but man, that movie, it's, it's fantastic. I really, I really like that one. That that's actually a very, very, very good choice. It's, it's a close, it's in my top three. My favorite one is Constantine city of angels. 
I don't know. City of Demons? City of Demons, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I meant. That's why we have four of them. I was going to say, which, which, uh, which Constantine are you reading? <laughs> hey, the good one. He was, he was Hellblazer. About Dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but that's that's my favorite movie uh, from the – one of my favorites. So this is my number one. Uh, but, I mean, Son of Batman, it's a really good one. Judas, the Judas Contract is another great one. Uh, Teen Titans versus Justice League is pretty good as well. So you don't need to watch all of them. And I'm pretty sure, Andre, with the ones that you've watched, there's a significant difference that you've noticed between what live action does and what the animated one does. So let's just go around and just bounce off of each other here. Why? Why is it? And okay. And again, in my opinion, I think the the live actions are really bad in comparison to the animated ones. So does anyone else feel well, that I think, way? I think I think we should get specific because I I am not going to agree with that statement on a on the broad sense of that every animated movie is better than every live action movie because kind of like the animated universe uh, there there are a lot of uh, iterations of DC movies and definitely some are much better than others, you know, like sure. if we're comparing Nolan's The Dark Knight, you know, versus um, the Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, they they don't even you know it's it's hard to even compare because they're just on such different levels in terms of quality. But uh, um, I'll, I'll I'll maybe I'll say this: what I really have enjoyed about uh, the the DC animated movies is that there is there is a sense of tone and style that they have maintained. And maybe that's just through this, this last iteration of kind of the DC animated universe, but, uh, um, but they, they keep it consistent. And so there's a quality that you can depend on, which I think is lacking in the live action DC movies. They, they, they seem to range in quality uh, with every movie that comes out. Some are much better than others. You know, and, and quite a few are just kind of right there in the middle. But that's that's what I think about it. Okay, that's uh, you fair. Know, um, I I want to add to that. I, I actually agree with that um, because I think it starts with foundation. If we're talking about the foundation of uh, foundation of like current DC animation, it goes all the way back to Batman the Animated Series. That's like one of the greatest cartoons ever made. Facts. So you have totally, so you have totally. Like, so you have like you know the Bruce Tim art direction, and that has just carried over decades. Mm-hmm. And they the cartoons can can draw from anything, whereas the current DC continuity, uh, movie wise, started out with Man of Steel, and they really haven't known where to go since then. That's mm. where that 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 those tone issues come in. Um, people have issues with Zack Snyder. I'm sure we're gonna get deeper into that, but <laughs> I li- I liked the cohesiveness of his vision. And I wanted to see that. And they just decided to go away from it and it everything is splintered off and it's it's disjointed. That's my yeah, main problem. Yeah, which is why I think so many people enjoy, you know, say what you will about the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, in terms of overall quality, but the continuity and and the reliability of each movie you kind of know what to expect. I think is why it is it has drawn a lot of fans. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, and I th- okay. So 
Yes, it does follow a lot of the Batman animated series, not only art style, but also kind of like that darkness and that grittiness that it also provided. Uh, but what I will say is one of the things that DC animated has learned is the same formula that Marvel kind of copied, if we wanted to go that route, copied from the DC animated, which was they don't spend so much time in a background story. And they don't try to humanize every single character and try to justify why they're a hero or why they're a villain. They're, they just are. And I think that's something that DC Animated does really, really, really well. Meanwhile, DC Live Action tries so hard to humanize every single character, even if they're not human. And they try to make you relate with them. Do you guys feel that that as well? Like Wonder Woman was a great example of that. We had a villain, we had two villains, and they just tried so hard to, well, they're villains because of this. Like, they try to justify that purpose. See, that's the thing, though. I actually like that about uh, some villains, is that you're able to humanize them. Because that's, honestly, when it comes to the MCU, like, a lot of the villains, I mean, this is a big problem that the MCU overall has. It's just, they're one and done. That's it. There's nothing to them. When you add like yeah. a really good totally. story to them, then it like brings more investment and then it's they become a better character. Having said that, uh going back to what we were talking uh, about the like DC animated films, in addition to what was said already, I also think that when it comes to the, um the risk taking because like with animated movies, like these are uh, obviously a lot cheaper to make than any of the live action movies <laughs> just based on yeah. voice acting versus just having Actual a person acting. star. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it's you're they're able to take more risks with each film. And I don't mean like big risks like completely changing up like a storyline, but they mm -hmm. could maybe change something really minute and see if that works. And if it doesn't work, all right, scrap that idea on the next movie we just won't do that. Whereas the live action movies the risks that you take have so many big ramifications mm -hmm. going for especially when you're trying to do a uh a cohesive uh universe right you have to think about every little thing and if something doesn't work you're kind of stuck with it unless you do uh a multiverse flashpoint something to just say okay nope we're not doing that and then just restarting because of just You've already invested this amount of money into something. Now we got to just keep going. And that can lead to poorer films. I mean, or trying to change things up and trying to copycat, like especially with the live action DC movies, the current ones at least, trying to copy what the Marvel Cinematic Universe did. And that's what happened to Justice League. And, that, and we all know that failed miserably. And that's being yeah, nice. They're... I, I really believe that their angle, that, that realism angle, like, you know, gods among men, I thought that was their perfect angle to get in over on Marvel. Because I feel like if you do DC right, I think they're like archetype characters at like the Trinity. Yeah, Batman, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. Those three characters, like every other character that has come after them is based on them in some way, shape or form. So yep. to get those three right would have done wonders for them. And I liked the realism angle, but then Justice League, 
tried to go the Marvel route and, and it didn't work. I, you know, I have no problem with them looking at Marvel and going, they did a shared universe, right? right. Let's see what they did and do that ourselves. But I feel like my impression, of course, I'm not an insider. My impression was that DC and Warner Brothers looked at Marvel and said, they're off to the races. We have to catch up when that was never mm -hmm. the case, in my opinion. I think that's what ultimately yeah. doomed them. All right. I mean, because come, uh, when did the Dark Knight Rises co come out? Uh, 2012? Mm -hmm. You know, so by, by 2012, Nolan's trilogy ends. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe is already four years in. Yeah, you know they're they're, exactly. you know, and then Man of Steel comes out in 2013. So by the time they actually get their, you know, cohesive cinematic universe going, the the MCU is five years in. And so, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, CJ, I think you nailed it on the head. But the question is, is I, I think, and maybe this will kind of get us back on the on the the main topic is. If if DC and Warner Brothers have been able to create this animated universe that I it, you know most people seem to really enjoy and and acknowledge as as good to pretty good, um, why if they could do that in the animated universe, why can't they do it, you know, in live action? I I honestly for me it falls back to trying to do way too much trying to introduce too many elements when you don't you don't have to like you don't have to go ahead and introduce you know and try to humanize your villain you don't have to do that and you lose way too much time when you do um i think that the other issue is sometimes they try to go ahead and introduce a love story at the same time and that takes away time from every other character development that they could have done and they're trying to focus on like yes this person is super powered but they also fall in love with a mere human like i think that <laughs> there just creates an issue and the animated series or movies don't really focus on that love aspect on like superman's you know superman but he's also in love with lois lane look at this love story like they don't bother with that and i think Marvel, when they first started uh, making uh, superhero movies like Daredevil, Elektra, this is something they learned hard at that time. Like, everyone, when I say I actually enjoy Daredevil, I don't think Daredevil's a bad movie, everyone's reaction is, oh man, you gotta be kidding, like, that movie sucked. I'm like, yes, overall it did, but the issue was it introduced <laughs> way too many elements. It had two <laughs> villains, it had a love story, and it did not have really good chemistry in there. And that's and what DC... What was that? And too much leather. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and too much leather. And this is something that DC <laughs> is still doing right now with their current live actions. If you think about it, their old live actions, like um, Michael Keaton's Batman is one of the most revered Batman movies. There they are. They're like, Michael Keaton is one of the best Batmans. Um Jack Nicholson is one of the best Jokers. You know, you have all these things, but they've only consistently have done Batman movies that are decent or good. And then you have the first Superman. And I think I think it was the third Superman that was okay as well. Um, and then we forget about the second one. Um, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 wait, whoa. We, we forget about Superman 2? Yeah. 
I think I think you have that flip flopped. I think Superman three they, is the one they remade go, eh. Superman twice. Oh, I mean, one was the, the Donner cut. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, what? Are you, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm confused. Yeah, so you have the original cut of Superman, and yeah, then okay. you have the. Uh, did I say the original cut? Or did I say the Donner cut? Well, the original well, I mean, so of, the, like, the, Superman the movie is the Donner cut because it they, there wasn't any manipulation there. Yeah, it was the second one. It was Superman two where you had, I mean, essentially the theatrical one for what. 20 plus years and then you finally got the Donner cut right so the thing for those movies is that they didn't focus on the love stories or on having way too many villains what they did focus on was you know you have your villain you have your hero you have your you know what troubles your hero and how can they make it over that that hurdle to be able to finally defeat that villain now you have you have villain A, you have villain B, you might have villain C, and the hero has some type of issue, but normally it's not really an issue that has to do with the with the villain, but it's a uh, issue within their their own selves, and they try to humanize it way too much, and it's like I get it, but just stick to the story, just stick to the story. Say you already have, they already created the story. This is not something that you're building from scratch. It's something that you already oh. have a layout plan. Okay, well, so I think I think we can attempt to tackle one of these issues that I think you brought up because I, I know it's something that people have 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 kind of raised their concerns about before, and that is that DC at least at least more recently, um, well, I, yeah, I guess kind of within the DC EU, the DC EU tends to have multiple villains in a movie, uh, as opposed to you know, Marvel where there's kind of just a focal point of a single villain per movie. And, and so I know, I know some people don't like that. I know some people do, but I'm curious to know what, what are your guys' thoughts on how, you know, kind of the, the more modern DC movies, uh, live action movies have had just kind of this, we're going to put more than one villain, two to three villains in our movies at once. I mean, I think, you know, like Batman V Superman is, fairly notorious for doing this a lot of people consider it a a bloated movie you know between the conflict between batman and superman and then you know lex Luthor and doomsday so uh just curious what your guys' thoughts on that is so i think Uh, it's like a a, go ahead cj uh well thank you um i was gonna say you know i feel i feel like that goes back even as far as uh batman returns where it was now we have the penguin now we have catwoman and that's shrek like it it, it, it's a lot and then all those Batman movies, then it was like, okay, now we have Poison Ivy. Now we have Mr. Freeze. Now we have, <laughs> yeah. no, we have Two-Face. And it became yeah. this like double villain thing. But I, I feel like that's not on the creative side. I feel like that's on the on the business side of things because I think the most like egregious example, I want to stay on DC, but the most egregious example of that is uh, Spider-Man 3 where they had uh, Venom and they could have just saved that for another movie, but they had to have Venom in it. And it was a whole lot of like, so Sony has been notorious for owning the Spider-Man property and then going, we have to keep cranking out movies and using characters or we lose the rights to them. I think, yeah. Isn't it, oh, isn't it pretty well known that, that Sam Raimi did not want Venom in the third exactly, one? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's just a trend that's continued on even to the movies we're talking about now where, 
it, it's it's not so much create creativity. I think it's a lot of merchandising, a lot of let's put it like like electro, like what was the last Spider-Man? Uh with uh Garfield. Rhino. It was electro and rhino and we're doing oh, the Sinister yeah. Six and blah blah. It's like it's yeah. so much. But they just keep cranking the stuff out. That that's my opinion. I I I think if you left it up to a director and left it up to a you know a competent screenwriter, they're they're not gonna just throw every single character into a single project like that. that that's I think my it goes. I think it also goes into like just idea of like sequels in general. That um, like especially with action related movies, it's always how can we do this better and bigger. I mean, you look. I mean, it's not to go off too much, but like you look at the Fast and Furious, like that. That's a perfect example of how action movies pretty much just. Yeah. Just get so far into ridiculous and always trying to one up the one beforehand. And I mean, yeah. obviously, with the superhero movies, it's a little bit, it's not that extreme, but it's still, it's always how can we make this bigger? How can we make this more epic? And it's adding an extra villain when you don't really need to. While <laughs> I don't, I don't think that there are so much in that, at least in the more recent Wonder Woman. And, but I would say it in the, Batman versus Superman. I I am part of um that group that does think it's a little bit bloated when it comes to the amount of villains that are going on. Not to say I don't enjoy that movie, but it's I think it's a lot. I think on you guys already touched on it, but it's like that just trying to one up the uh prior one just by adding in villains and oh this is fan service here let's put this villain in even though it doesn't make sense because like the Rhino was in it for like the last what. 10 minutes of the movie if that maybe yeah the yeah. beginning something like that i, I can't even remember it. <laughs> yeah i mean so both wonder woman movies they kind of had they kind of had it was similar in that they they basically had two villains um like the first one you have uh that german general i forget his name mm-hmm. you know and then obviously you have wonder woman fighting Ares. um you know but but the german general was kind of like that that was kind of like the the distraction from the real villain where you know then you have two you have uh max lord and then and and cheetah in the second wonder woman but yeah i don't know no i think patty jenkins is even on record saying she didn't want a giant set piece for the end of the first one the the studio made her fight Ares Mm -hmm. like that and yeah yeah i've i've heard that too so do we think that is it necessarily the fact that they have multiple villains the issue or the fact that some of these villains are so underwhelming to what they actually are in the original source? No, I mean, so I, I, I think I think uh, Batman Begins is a great example of how to have multiple villains um, and not feel bloated. Um, it, it is... Uh, I think I think Batman Begins is probably my favorite Batman movie, but that the way that they utilize uh, both Ra's al Ghul and Scarecrow, I think was it was written flawlessly, and so there is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. it there is a way to do it and to do it really well. Um, so yeah, maybe that's just kind of like what CJ said. It kind of just comes down to screenwriting, <laughs> right? But if you think about it, Ra's al Ghul in that movie was fantastic. He was a force to be reckoned with. Then you have Scarecrow, another force to be reckoned with. One did not overshadow the other, and they were both great actors as well. So 
and that's one was working for the other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and that's why I ask: Is it an issue of where one of the villains is way too underwhelming for what they are in their original source? For example, Cheetah. Cheetah matches Wonder Woman in every sense of the word. Of course, Wonder Woman always wins, but she is a force to be reckoned with. And the way that it just developed in the movie, in this recent one, and it was just not, in my opinion, it wasn't good. I didn't like the Cheetah character at all. Um, I did like the humanizing, which is weird because normally I don't. I did like how they try to humanize her re- um, her reasoning for, for villainy and also uh, Maxwell's as well. Um, I did enjoy that, but I felt like it wasn't, they weren't at their full potential at that point. Um, and I think that's what makes it kind of like, maybe you should have just focused on the one and you would have been able to do a lot better with it. I, I would say that's fair. Um, yeah. But I I felt that Cheetah um, was a little bit of, of just like a cliche and a trope. Just like, oh, I'm the nerd, but no, everyone's going to like me once I take my glasses off. <laughs> when it's really just like a self, you know, once it's, it's really just a self-confidence thing. I think the Wonder Woman 84 for me lacked a lot of conflict because the villain, the real villain was human nature. It wasn't even Max Lord. It wasn't yeah. even Cheetah. They were, they were mm-hmm. kind of redeemed at the end. And that, it, it, it I, I would have preferred more concrete evil i guess like like you're saying like just that villain that it you know is the villain you don't need to explain how or why they're evil you just know they need to be defeated right like i don't think wonder woman i don't think wonder woman had any and that kind of it lacked for me in that respect right so if we take off the the like the title wonder woman and you put in like i don't know self evil versus self or whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> I think it would be a fantastic movie. If you take away well, the so here, I, title. I'm, I'm curious. I have not seen, I think the newest, what was the newest wonder woman animated movie? Was that wonder woman bloodlines? bloodlines? I believe. Yep. Who has seen that? I have. I have. Okay. So, uh, how does, how does that movie compare to the two live action wonder woman movies that we've gotten? Do you like formal? Do you like the animated one more than the, the live action ones, or do you have a favorite? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I like. Don't get me wrong. I like them, but I personally I haven't like they're good movies. It's just I never really had any inclination to rewatch them. Uh, mostly because. I don't know. They just never really sparked my interest. Wonder Woman in general, like prior to the like the live action one, I wasn't as big into Wonder Woman, uh, mostly because of this. I cared more about Batman, <laughs> and uh, yeah, even like in the animated Justice League, I liked that version of her a lot more. And then when they brought her back in the solo one, I I, I think it's good. It's just. I never rewatched it, whereas like the live action one, I've rewatched a lot. So it's, yeah. hmm. I wouldn't say I like the live action ones more, but it's, I would say quality wise, they're, I guess, equal to each other. Mm. For me, I prefer 
um, the two animated Wonder Woman movies that came out, uh, the first one and then Bloodlines, um, it just sets up stories really, really well. Like you can see the development of the story uh, and it keeps the action going as well. And even on the slower parts of the film, you're still enti- like enticed with it and you really want to know what's going to happen next. Um, something that I don't feel with the live action one. I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman live action fi- uh, film that came out. Um, but I haven't, un- unlike formal, I haven't rewatched that. I haven't rewatched uh, the first one, even though I own it. And I haven't rewatched uh, uh, Wonder Woman 84. It was more of a one and done kind of a thing. And it might be because I'm a little biased because, again, like formal, I'm a huge Batman fan, so I would rewatch Batman films over Wonder Woman. But I have rewatched the Wonder Woman animated ones, though. Yeah, yeah uh, I think. Oh, good. No, I was gonna say I think I think she's a good character if she's done right, but I I find that she has a lot of the same, I guess, criticisms that you could say about. Superman to me she's basically the female Superman so it's like what what can you introduce that would create conflict in her I guess in her life or in her mission that would put her in a situation that she couldn't overcome I mean there's not much you can really come up with I think the first the first Wonder Woman oh go on I'm sorry oh (laughs) dad life (laughs) (laughs) i know what that's like no that was really funny (laughs) well i just just to add on to what you were saying i think that's i think that's why the first uh the 2017 wonder woman movie i think was uh uh far and wide uh liked by by tons of people is because she hasn't she hasn't wonder woman hasn't achieved that the the superman status to where you know she she's going to be able to overcome any obstacle because she she hasn't this is her hero's journey and so i think that's why a lot of people really enjoyed the movie because you see her hero's journey someone who is flawed someone who makes mistakes someone who is learning how to become a superhero as opposed to you know someone who is full-on superhero can do anything cannot be stopped by anyone um i guess yeah which is kind of the yeah, the the conundrum of of Superman himself, you know. Yeah, what what so, so, what yeah. Um on, on that note, which I agree with 100%, why did so many people have an issue with Man of Steel when Man of Steel was presenting that same thing for Superman? Yeah, it was really so sad. Oh, stop. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Me, all right. So Andre and I have had this discussion so many times. He loves Man of Steel. <laughs> I am not. I, I, the fact, so Superman is Superman, right? Like the fact that he was just this, it was like Spider-Man three for me, like that emo kid, Superman. And it was just so annoying. Like he was annoying. Like I got this great power. I just don't want to oh, use it. Right. Oh, man, man. Like I was well, like, bro, like, right, let's, come on. Let's, let's get this conversation back onto the anime. <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like some of these, some of these movies. Like if you really look at Man of Steel, like if I take a step back and look at Man of Steel as an example of a good superhero movie. Unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say this, 
it does have everything which I've been like it it lacks everything that I've been complaining about. It doesn't have too many villains. It doesn't have a, a love story that you're like, all right, can we get to the main point? It gets to the point to the development of the character itself, and then it delivers everything else towards the end, like every mm-hmm. action movie from the '90s. So if I really take a step back and look at it, Man of Steel is not a bad superhero movie, but <laughs> I think because it was Superman itself, the this character, which is like the the greatness of everything else, right? I think that's why people, and maybe myself, we weren't big fans of it. Um, although it has everything that I asked for. So maybe that's why. Who knows? It's it's basically saying that no matter what you do in a superhero movie, it's never going to be good enough, apparently. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, I, well, let me ask. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Because I had a different question for a different topic. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say um, maybe that does tie into the difference between DC animation and the live action because it's like you Definitely. say. They, they don't waste time with the origin stories. So it's like you could literally have one movie where it's just Flash and Batman having fun, you know, saving the world. Then mm-hmm. the next movie that ties into that, it's like, oh, wow, Cyborg and Hawkman are here. You don't ask where they came from. You don't ask who they are. You just right. go, oh, cool. Hawkman and Cyborg are in for the action, too. And you just accept yeah, which is it. Yeah, which is exactly what they did for uh, Justice. So... If Flashpoint Paradox was the kind of the first movie to reset the DC animated universe, the first movie of the new universe was Justice League War. And in Justice League War, you see all the characters. You don't have any origin stories or backgrounds. I mean, they're just there and you accept it, you know? Right. And I think that's part of where, um, just to do a little bit of comparison, well, Marvel now currently does. It just gives you a character and... Whether you know it or not, you're going to accept what's happening. Um, look at Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, I mean, it was Captain Marvel. Nobody knew who Captain Marvel was. We weren't expecting that until the end of Infinity War, where the symbol came up, and everybody's like, what's that symbol? So you go on the internet, and then you figure out, oh, it's Miss Marvel, or it's Captain Marvel, and then you're just okay with it. You just sit with it, um, and you move on. And with DC, they want to introduce this whole origin and you're like, but if you just told me this was the bad guy, I would have just believed you, and we would have kept it moving. Like we would have kept going. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not like DC has had so many origin stories. Uh, they, I mean, God, uh, the the DCEU is struggling to stay alive as mm. it is. But, but I I feel like it's a criticism that I hear often online where people say, oh, well, DC hasn't done this as well as Marvel because you know. They're trying to cram it in without introducing, you know, the characters or any setup for the characters. Well, mm. it, it, I just, I, I don't think that's a fair critique. But here, I wanted to ask you guys, you guys this because I'm really curious. Um, out of the DC animated movies that you guys have seen, is there one that you guys just hated? You're like, no, this is not good. I, I, I can't believe they made this movie. I'm curious because I. I've got an idea um, of what I think you guys might say, but I I, I want to know. <laughs> Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, I think it was. Okay, all right. What you what did you not like about it? Um, so it was I think the second rated R Suicide Squad that they did, and I just it it tried too much. It tried to to be way too much rated R, 
when they could have just sat pretty with it. Um, that it was that was the one that I disliked the most, just based on story and uh, just content. The other mm. one that I wasn't a fan of, I don't, I wouldn't consider it bad, but I wasn't a fan of, uh, was uh, Batman Ninja Batman. I think it was. Or oh, Samurai didn't that Batman? just come out? Um, no, out like a couple a years ago, year or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I liked it, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. It took too long to develop everything. So, those are my two. I think for me, uh, I wasn't a fan of uh, Gotham by Gaslight. I didn't <gasps> like that one. What? And that, oh, really? I, I did not like that one. I didn't like hmm. the the style of it. Um, it just didn't it's very it. different for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, I don't remember the name of it. Batman and Harley Quinn. I think. It's like oh, the one, the continuation of the DC, like the Bruce Tim one. That one I thought was really awful. Hmm. And then the Batgirl portion of the Killing Joke. <laughs> 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 that the Killing Joke is yeah. fine if you take that out. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Oh man, that really Gaslight? I really enjoyed. I wish they would have made more of those yeah, that, movies. I just it was it just the style wasn't my thing, that's all. That's fair. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I think there there's a novelty about it that that is really intriguing to me, but yeah, it's interesting. What about you CJ? I would have to say one of them would have been The Killing Joke for that reason. I thought that was just yeah. real. That that was that was a reach. I didn't appreciate that, but I mean, overall, <laughs> overall, overall, that's one of the that's one of the great Batman stories. And then to kind of sensationalize it like that, I, I didn't like that. The other one that I didn't really care for, that out of all the ones I've seen, was um, I can't remember the title, but it was the one that had like every single Bat character in it. Um, it like Batwoman, Batwoman was in it, Batgirl was in it, like that Nightwing. Yeah, one. Yeah, but and then they had a guy bad, in like a robot blood. bat suit. Bad blood uh, is that the one? Bad blood. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I, it's got Nightwing I, in it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the choreography, like the fighting animation was really good, but it was way too bloated. It felt like it wasn't epic. It just felt like another adventure, and it was. Yeah, it, it was. It was just too much. I I didn't really. So uh, I I remember watching the Killing Joke because I. I, as big of a DC fan as I do consider myself, I was never—I never grew up on the comics, and so I had never even read *The Killing Joke*. Um, so I saw the movie first, and then uh, when I saw so many people, um, you know, criticizing the movie, I'm like, "Man, I got—I got to go back and I—I got to read this." And so I did, and that—and then when I realized the the sex scene between Barbara and Bruce. It's not even in the book, and I was just wondering what, why. Why did they make that decision? Why did yeah. they? Why did they think that this was something that needed to be added? You know, it was because mainly I, they uh, like there was a lot of criticism to, about the comic that like uh, Barbara is kind of just like a object to be like and use potential rape as just a storyline. That's all it was. So which yes, add, I mean, I yeah. Don't no, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Then they tried to 
add some character to her to make it not that. They just did not succeed at it. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it, that that makes sense. I mean, because because it, it is a fair criticism. I mean, that book was it, was it written in the eighties? I mean, it, it's an old story. It's yeah. an old story. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there you know there may be things culturally within that story that aren't necessarily acceptable these days, but uh, but yeah, I guess I guess they they wanted to create a more emotional moment for Batman because of the intimacy between him and Barbara in the movie, I guess, but. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I wonder if Warner Brothers or DC expected that kind of backlash. <laughs> I, I to me, probably not. <laughs> to me, Batman, yeah. Batman is you know as crazy and psychotic as he is, he's a mentor to all of these people that he's brought under his wing. Not to you know yeah. make a bad pun, but you know that he's brought <laughs> under his wing and he's trained. And to me, that romantic thing that they did just totally destroys that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like another another guy of ours is basically kind of just uh saying it's like you're uh getting with uh your like your best friend's daughter, which is weird. Yeah. Then, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> Barbara I mean, at that time they, is what, in her early twenties now? Yeah, and he's like at least thirty five, maybe forty. I don't know. I don't remember yeah, 40 how forty hitting fifty real quick. Yeah. And he <laughs> Like, I mean, they have alluded to, like, them having this kind of relationship. Like, I think in the uh, Return of the Joker movie, like, they alluded to it. Like, it's been, a like, potentially a thing. But they never, I think this was the first time that they were like, yeah, this definitely happened. But it's yeah, still, yeah. it's still cringeworthy. So has they, yeah. ha- have they, like, dropped innuendo about those two before that yeah. happened? Yeah, in Return of the Joker, like, uh, the older uh, Barbara, like, says, um, or there's, like, a line that's, like, she's just, like, he goes, boyfriend, and he, she, like, kind of looks at Terry, just kind of, just, like, like, there's more to it, and oh then he boy. goes, oh, and then he goes, like, oh, and then, like, she talks about, oh, working together, it's, like, it was, like, it was really good and stuff. So they never really directly oh, say that they okay. were together. It's kind of an allude. They were alluding to it, but then. Okay. And I don't think anyone really paid much attention to it. And then okay. when you actually show it, it's like, Ugh, that's not a good idea. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I did a quick search and some people are like, during that time when um, Joker shoots Barbara, she's about 19. Which means uh, Bruce has had her under his wing for about three years, give or take. Because she started Mm -hmm. working with him when she was a teenager, 16. So, yeah, that's not okay. (laughs) Like, Bruce, you're almost 40 and you're over here banging a 19-year-old. So, uh, sure. I mean, where's where's Catwoman at, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all all I want to know is... As long as there's consent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay. There was consent. That, that, oh, hey, two, very two, much so. Two, hey, two consenting adults. I'm not here to judge. There you go. But, uh, I mean, obviously, with, with this discussion that we just had, not every single animated movie is perfect. Some of them have issues. <laughs> but, mm. so we spoke a lot about live action movies. 
But how about their live action TV shows? What ha- what are they doing right? Aside from the fact that they have the time to develop these characters um, over seasons. Uh, what are they doing right with the first couple of seasons that they have had uh, versus what the live actions are not doing? And would you want it to have seen some of the TV show uh, characters come on screen in the movies? Well, I'm just going to say this. I've only I've seen the first two seasons of Supergirl and the first season of The Flash, and that's it. So I don't feel like I can add much to this. So you guys go ahead. <laughs> so I, I, I can speak on this. My fiance is a huge fan of the DC TV shows. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen a lot of them in passing. I will say that I do have some issues with the quality of the shows, but um, especially with their uh, crisis storyline that they did where they introduced the multiverse and merged it. Um, I think it comes down to consistency. Each one of those shows, they kind of overlap with each other every now and then, but there's a consistency to each of those shows where they can blend characters you know this character like arrow the arrowverse arrow will show up here other people will show up there and it it all fits and it creates this event i i was actually pretty impressed with how they did that and um uh dceu's flash showed up in one of the episodes to kind of solidify that that multiverse aspect so they made all of those tv show characters canon as far as their overall universe. I thought that was actually really smart. Yeah, I would agree. I think like um, it is comes down to consistency. And I mean, yeah, they have multiple seasons to do that. So that does give them like a one up on the movies, obviously. But I mean, I've watched, I've, I've kind of fallen off over the past year or so, but I used to be really into it because I'd really like the story. And then it just, honestly, it kind of just got old after a while. Um, because it was kind of a similar formula, but I will say similar. I really liked their, um, how they did, uh, oh shoot. Why am I blanking on it? Legends of Tomorrow. Arrow. Yeah. (laughs) And I I, know, I mean the, uh, the crossover, not uh, crisis, the one before it, there was a crossover Um, where, where they, where they went to, uh, uh, earth X, and like they dealt with like the Nazi the the Nazi versions of themselves. I don't remember which the one red, that was. Red Sun storyline? No. No, no, no. I don't uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, I what that's the one thing I really like about it, similar to what CJ was saying, is like how they can do their own thing, but then they can kind of come together at the right time and do these crossovers. And I mean, I will say, yeah, it is a TV budget. I don't think it's going to definitely not look as good as like a live action movie, though. Mm-hmm. I will say some of the CGI and some of the movies <laughs> doesn't look great either. But it's I think there is just you're able to build up a lot because you do have more time to build more into these characters like you have basically a 20, 23 episode season. So that's arguably about 23 hours versus a, a two-hour movie. I mean, it's it's it gives you a lot more availability to build into these uh, characters a lot more. And, like, uh, when 
you see how they also correct and going off of CJ's point with the multiverse, technically the Green Lantern movie is canon in this whole thing because that was in that show too. So uh, uh, that is a, I don't like the multiverse thing because I think that's a lazy piece of storytelling, but that's just me. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it's a crutch. It's true. Yeah. And, but supposedly, I think this week they're releasing the new Superman show that. Oh, yeah. The, the trailer. Um, Superman very, and Lois, I think, right? Yeah. Very Man of Steely, for lack of a better term. Mm hmm. I agree, 100%. Well, and I, I mean, just just look at the design of their suits. I mean, there's been so much inspiration taken for for those characters from, yeah, even just Man of Steel alone. A piggyback off of off of uh, what he was saying about um, the the number of episodes you have in a season and to kind of build up the storylines. I think that's another thing that DC Animation has on their side versus uh, DCEU. Because yeah, even for if sure. at, even if even if you look at Marvel, um, they have been doing it for so long. Anything new that they introduce, that foundation is so strong that even if they mess up here or there, they they've already built up that goodwill. So people are gonna be like, eh, it wasn't that great, but they have so much to draw from and so many characters to pull from. Uh, for sure. The TV shows the TV shows can do that, animation can do that. Live action can't do that because they keep stop starting and they don't know how to stay consistent. And that's another thing that messes them up. They, there's their foundation's weak and they don't really have too many things to pull from. They could have done Snyder, but they backed off of him. So now they had to restart with Aquaman. Uh, eight, not, Wonder Woman 84 was a restart. I mean, they definitely felt like it. Me, yeah, it felt like it. And, you know, Suicide Squad. The new Suicide Squad with James Gunn, that's probably going to be totally different than anything anybody's doing, which is a good thing in a way. But mm -hmm. if you're looking for that consistency, where is it going to be? They're kind of just, it's like they're spitballing right now and just, and just green light. They restart green consistently. Yeah. They just restart yeah. and restart and restart. And it, I, I don't know how they recover without deciding on a clear creative path and, you know, direction. I, I don't see how they do it. They should hire us. That's what they should do. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'll take the money. <laughs> yeah, <it's> same. <laughs> I mean, All right, so as... No, I was going to say, they, I was going to say, they're getting paid to put out what they're putting out. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're not lying, man. All right, so as we're coming around the corner to, to the conclusion of this, um, we've discussed a lot on, you know, a little bit of Marvel... DC, inappropriateness in DC, um, what they could do better, what we each think they could do better. Um, if you were to give one or two things as to what they could do to improve their life action, what would it be? Um, CJ, you could start. Um, man, I'm probably going to catch a lot of heat for this. I think... They bring Snyder back on and let him complete his vision. I think, but beyond Snyder cut, I think he had some super strong ideas. And if they could rein him in a little bit, I think they'll have something 
super epic that's deserving of those characters. That's really, if not Snyder, then somebody else, but just consistency and a clear path moving forward. I think that's all they need. The characters are there and the history's there. Formal? Uh, I think similarly. I don't know if it has to be Snyder precisely, but I think they do need a, I mean, again, using the Marvel, a Kevin Feige-like person that basically has overall control of the overarching story. And you can let, like, directors do their relatively their own thing. Like, I mean, you look at different... um, Each director, for the most part, does their own type of style to a movie. But there are certain key story points that have to be made or not to do anything so, I guess... Uh, uh, going off on a tangent that it doesn't work within the core story. And, I mean, if Zack Snyder comes back and does it, I'm not against that, but I think they need somebody, and maybe they've kind of made this as Hamada to do that now. I'm not really sure. They're not really being clear if there is a person who's reining all of this in, and if they have somebody who's knows what they're doing, at least, or at least keeps everything relatively speaking consistent they can do these like experimental things like what james gunn is doing with suicide they can do all that if it somehow all comes back into just a cohesive universe at least that's me yeah i mean Uh, yeah i think i think you guys you guys have really kind of addressed the main issue in that dc I guess in some form or fashion was attempting to create a cinematic universe like Marvel, but without the structure that Marvel had. And I'm not saying that they have to be exactly like Marvel and I would prefer that they aren't, but you, if you are doing a cinematic universe, you do need a Kevin Feige. You do need someone that is there to oversee, you know, uh, not just story continuity, but just stylistically we have to feel like the same universe because that's what marvel has done well and i'm not the biggest fan of it um but at least you know we this exists within the same universe you know and so um i i i hope i hope that we get to see at least the conclusion of snyder's justice league movies that's what I would like to see, uh, as unlikely as I think that might be. I'm, well, I mean, gosh, I, I think the Snyder Cut was fairly unlikely to most people, but uh, we're getting that. So I think it'd be really cool if we did. But, you know, I think DC just needs to make a decision. Either you're going to make a cinematic universe or you're not. And just make the really good DC movies that you guys have done before, like Nolan's Trilogy, like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie that came out. I think Matt Reeves has potentially got something good cooking with the Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you don't have to make a cinematic universe if you don't want to. And if you're not going to, then then stop trying to to build off of the shoulders of of Zack Snyder, but without using Zack Snyder. And because it, it's not working <laughs> This it's not this 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 idea that they can continue to uh, 
well, we're just going to use your Aquaman and we're just going to use your Wonder Woman and maybe the Flash, but we're not going to use Henry Cavill. We're not going to use Ben Affleck Batman. And we're just going to try to keep this thing going in some form or fashion. It, it's not working. It's not. And so like future projects of DC that I am looking forward to, I am looking forward to the Batman. I think that's going to be really good. But I, the Suicide Squad, uh, Shazam 2, eh. It, uh, nothing no, those <laughs> movies don't get me excited i'll probably go see them but it's not anything i'm like salivating over so yeah okay. basically i agree with what cj informal said <laughs> <laughs> cool cool i think um you know obviously good directors you need them uh better screenwriters for sure that's something i think cj mentioned earlier um definitely need um i would say Keep DC dark, keep it gritty, Absolutely. the way it's supposed Absolutely. to be. You're trying, they're trying to. I and I get it. Toys sell. That's where a lot of their money comes from. But when you're trying to make this all cute and happy, kind of and colorful, you're you're losing it because that grittiness it's it's rearing its its ugly neck up there, and and they're trying to hide it so much. But keep it dark, keep it gritty, and I think they'll be very very successful. If they have, you know, the Zack Snyder's or the Kevin Feige's uh, directing movies and just better, better screenplay writers, man. People that know the material and that will know what is acceptable to either change, to finagle a little bit. Um, I think that will work really, really well. That's those are my two cents on that. I agree. I agree with everything you said. We should be getting paid for that, by the way. <laughs> I agree. Cause Absolutely, so, man. <laughs> someone in DC is going to listen to this, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, these guys are having great ideas. Let's do that. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, that guy's a dumbass for saying Man of Steel sucks, but okay, yeah. You know? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, you know, the cast of Backseat Directors in here coming in hard, defending their movies and their thoughts and opinions. Always, always great to have you guys. Always great to have Andre on as well. So thank you so much, guys. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, so, thanks. For sure. Thanks, Sean. It was great. You're welcome, man. And as per usual, my people that listen to this show, keep reading those comic books, keep watching that anime, rock and roll, and above everything, stay dark and gritty, stay nerdy. <laughs>